The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Welcome to Mindful Moments. This is the third episode of Ramadan, uh, the Ramadan series. And we are continuing with our theme of spiritual well-being. My name is Farah. I'm your host today. And as you know, I am from Seeking Sukoon and we are your local mental well-being organisation here in Luton, made by you, by your volunteers from the Luton community for you, inshallah. Um, and it's, it's mainly focused for Muslims, but it's open to everyone. We are focused, our show is focused on well-being of all kinds. So as I mentioned, we'll be focusing on spiritual well-being. But if you have any um, concerns, any advice that you would like about mental well-being, spiritual well-being, physical well-being, you are very um, well, more than welcome to get in contact with us through Inspire FM, inshallah. So last week, oh my goodness, what did we, we, we did our first topic on OCD for Ramadan and how some people may struggle in Ramadan with OCD. And then the second week's episode was on food and its relationship with spiritual well-being, which I found fascinating. And we've got our very special guests here with us again for the final two episodes, inshallah. So we've, we have uh, Sheikh Nouradine, who is the local uh, Sheikh well-known in Luton, and who is going to be carrying on giving us some advice about links with spiritual well-being, about, uh, oh my goodness, about itaqah. So that is our topic today. Today, is our, our topic is seclusion and itaqah and its role in spiritual well-being. So we have Sheikh Nouradine to talk about that with us, and we have Sadia Sadia Lira, who is a trainee psychologist and doing her PhD in psychology, who will always give us the exciting psychology behind everything. So, salam alaikum to you both. We are, when this is going to be up, it will be the third week of Ramadan. And how are you already feeling Ramadan is running away, Sheikh? (laughs) <laughs> yes, it always goes very fast, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. But it's a great blessing, you know, we just try to make the most of it whilst it's here. Yeah, that's good, mashallah. And Sadia, you were mentioning you've got an iftar to attend to. Have there been lots of iftar parties, lots of nice uh, food that you guys have been having? Yeah, no, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, we're blessed with, um, yeah, it has been, but I'm, I'm really mindful of what I eat. Because I struggle with that. Yeah. So. After last week's episode where we spoke about yeah. samosas and the effect on your dopaminergic pathways, Minka, yeah. we're, all, we're all kicking off the samosas. <laughs> okay, so let's get to the topic. So as I mentioned, we're talking about Ithagar. So Ithagar, it will be period for Ithagar will be coming up. Um, and uh, Ustad, could you give us some maybe like a brief summary of what Ittikaf is uh, and why is it recommended to do in Islam uh, and also obviously specifically to Ramadan because you can do Ittikaf outside of Ramadan um, if I'm if I correct. Yes, yes you can. So just one moment please. Just one moment. No, that's no problem. 
while um, Siddhi Noor um, comes back, I was just going to say we've actually done a podcast with Siddhi Noor just recently on Ethicaf. So maybe, uh, yeah, so that might be good. Salam Seekers. Yeah, Salam Seekers. So we've just done one, which will be released by the time this one comes out, inshallah. That yeah. should be released maybe a day or two days later so people can find that on YouTube, just okay. in case we're not covering everything. So yeah. I think that's a great, thank you, Sadia. I think that's great. I, I've, I was actually listening to the Salam People podcast on uh, addiction the other day. Um, it was really interesting. And you guys are talking about binge eating and, and different foods and coping mechanisms. I found that really interesting. Asad, I'm glad that your voice is back to normal, mashallah, and, and you're, you're able to speak a little bit better. But um, sorry, yes, you were saying the definition of sort of ithakatha and, and where it comes in Ramadan. Yeah, as you mentioned, you can perform ithikaf outside of Ramadan. It's not restricted. The sunnah is in Ramadan. The practice of the Prophet is in Ramadan. But the Messenger of Allah did not restrict it. And it, and it, it can be practiced outside. So this was a practice of the Messenger of Allah that he would uh, take the last 10 days, although in a, a sound hadith, the Prophet did say, if I'm still here next year, I will carry out a for 20 days the last 20 days the, oh. the established practice was 10 days sallallahu alayhi wasallam. and uh, what you essentially do is um, seclude yourself to the masjid so you don't leave the masjid you're in the masjid for you know the entire period 10 days or nine days depending on Ramadan being nine or ten days and so that's the major restriction you do not leave the masjid the idea or the spirit of it is you focus on uh, ritual worship so you focus on salah, you focus on dua, you focus on dhikr, um, you focus on reciting the Quran. And yes, you should certainly have allocate some time to studying Islam and, and reading Islamic books and such things. But um, you're completely disconnecting from your normal routine, um, you know, disconnecting from work. Obviously, you're not working at this point, even family responsibilities and such things. You, you, you take time out from everything and you just focus on your uh, spiritual self and you focus on your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's you know spiritually it's uh, incredibly valuable but also rejuvenating and it really okay. strengthens a person inshallah it's like you're taking annual leave from everything else in your life <laughs> focusing <laughs> on spirit on your spiritual love mashallah so it is it's like a spiritual detox i guess you could say or a time to detox from everything else in your life and people are you know, in mainstream media, they talk about, you know, meditating or, you know, going off into the countryside or in nature and like cutting off from all phones and things. But this sounds like something that it, it, it because obviously we talk about mindfulness. Um, and I remember, I think it was Sheikh Hamza Yusuf who said, mindfulness in Islam, what is your mind full of? Because obviously you're disconnecting, but then you're actually filling it with things to increase you in taqwa and bring you closer to um your creator inshallah okay very interesting and and did you say um it, so it's in the last 10 days of ramadan because obviously that was the sunnah that the uh, of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam um and it was 20 days if he, he said if he would reach next ramadan so yeah the prophet sallallahu alaihi habit was to uh, carry out itikaf in the last 10 days but he sallallahu alaihi wasallam did mention that if he is alive next year وسلم, he would actually carry out for 20 days وسلم, but however the message of Allah وسلم, passed away prior to the following year 
Okay, interesting, mashallah. And um, Zadia, uh, again, I'm mentioning mindfulness and everything. What are, do you, are there any established research on Ikhbath and its link with um, mental well-being? Anything direct or obviously we can draw things from mindfulness and make connections there? Yeah, so to my knowledge right now, I'm not aware of any direct um, study that's been done with Ikhbath. Um, personally and uh, mindfulness or in relation mm. to if we talk about seclusion or loneliness I guess we're going to go we're going to go into loneliness aren't we yeah 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 so what what I would mention is we have plenty of research with mindfulness and why is that important now when we look at as you just mentioned Farah when we look at Islamic mindfulness there is certain things that's encouraged which is all around Allah right you know Allah is the center and everything else will be around that and of course, when you look at Western um, idea of mindfulness, it can vary different ways. So I can give you an example of um, a really easy one, which is called um, the five step steps of well-being, which is encouraged by uh, the NHS. I was actually going to leave that for burnout, but I can speak about it now if it's okay. Um, yes. So the, what it is, is that this is something encouraged by the NHS. So they say these five steps, ways of well-being can um, help people reconnect and kind of allow them to um so obviously when we speak about mindfulness and why do we do it it is to you know because obviously we experience a lot of stress don't we generally in yes. life and so when people are experiencing stress mindfulness the idea of mindfulness is to bring you back to your um optimal mi medium kind of um, level so um what the NHS suggests is that you can try these five things, which is uh, step one is connect with other people. Um, and I'll go into it quite briefly. So what do we mean by that? So connecting with other people, having friends, family. So, you know, people that we can regularly speak to, people that we can trust. So if we are struggling with our mental health, there are people we can go to if we need if that is needed. Um, number two is be physically active. So you know, have something you're doing, whether you're going for walks, whether you're taking part in various other sports. So it could be, you know, I feel like walking is like a lot of time I tell people, you know, go for a jog, go for a run, but I don't think most of us can handle that. So I would say something as simple as like going for walks can be really, really massive and it can really help you. Um, number three, they say to learn new skills. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I don't know if I'm here still. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So number three, they say to learn new skills. So again, this could involve, um, so for example, skills doesn't necessarily have to be something massive. You know, it could be something within, so for, uh, maybe you're learning how to cook. Maybe you are learning how to, um, give me another example. I'm looking for something like, you know, nothing. Oh, sewing or something where yeah. you with your hands. Like, yeah. uh, see what you've achieved. Exactly. And something where you could see like this is something I, I wanted to create and I'm able to do. So this could be anything as it's important. It, it all based, bases on the individual and what is their interest. And number four, give to others. So, again, we can see these can connect Islamically as well. Right. Because giving to others is massive in, um, in our Islamic tradition. So they say when you give to others. Um, your brain actually releases, you know, we spoke about dopamine last time and serotonin, things that, are, things that are good, but it will release it, but in a better, more moderate way. And at the same time as Muslims, inshallah, we will benefit from it as well. And number five, pay attention to the present 
moment, which is fully mindfulness. And again, I feel like I know Siddhi Noor can touch on this, of course, because that's his field. But in the sense of like, even the way we are as Muslims, you know, when we step out the house, what feet, you know, we use our certain feet, is a right or left? I'll need Siddhi to, uh, you know, um, just remind me. But things like that, we're constantly mindful, you know, before we eat, thinking of Allah and thanking him. So yeah, I would just say um, those five things I would encourage the viewers to maybe engage in inshallah amazing and and often these are things as as well as helping with mindfulness i've noticed it says a lot of common tips here with helping with general mental well-being or people who are struggling with anxiety or depression or things so alhamdulillah it can it's um you know it, it covers the board uh, with, with doing these things and it was i was just thinking as you were saying um you're saying about your dopamine release when you you know give to others or pay attention to other people and often I, i've been listening to all these podcasts about the best way to release uh the, the best dopamine release is when there has been an effort that you have put in to get your result rather than you know nowadays we get that, that immediate instant gratification you go down to the shop buy whatever you want to eat and you're happy but something you put your effort in and actually that brings it back to it mm. because obviously your 10 days you are striving and it is probably hard I've, I've not done it myself but I know people have done it and it's obviously you you really do cut yourself off from everyone and your family as well and and obviously you focus on faith and it's something that you're striving to do for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but then at the end you've sort of inshallah got your award and then there's Eid as well and it's much more of a slower gratification. Um, obviously, you'll start in terms of like fiqh and stuff, connect, like I know, Father, you mentioned connecting with other people, but it, the gaff would be a bit limited in that, right? Yes, so uh, it tend, especially for sisters, because they tend to perform itikaf at home uh, yeah. in their, you know, musalla area, the, the corner of their room often. Um, so yeah. they are very much isolated. But even for, for brothers, uh, it's, it's different because there'll be other people in the masjid, uh, mm -hmm. other people performing etikaf and other people coming for the prayers and such things. But the idea is that you're not, you're not just uh, socialising with others. You may engage with others. You may have some brief interaction. Uh, and especially, you know, if, if the masjid is running classes, Islamic classes, which is often a good idea in etikaf, you know, you'll have some kind of interaction, but you do certainly, or there should be an, an effort made to cut off from just pure social interaction, because you're not there for that. You're cutting yourself off from that, and you're focusing on ritual worship, ritual worship primarily, but also Islamic knowledge. So it tends to, you know, men, when they do it in the masjid, they tend to have a bit more interaction with others, but it's not social, or shouldn't be anyway. And I think in Islam, it, mashallah, it's beautiful because there's always opposites. Um, and, you know, we've always taught that our, our creator always teaches us through opposites. And there is in our faith, uh, there is a lot with social or community feel with, you know, coming together for prayers or coming together at iftar time. But then you have the seclusion aspect as well, which has its place. And obviously, as you said, there were the benefits of that. The Prophet did that. And incredibly important for people to recognize that uh, there's always a balance, as you mentioned. There's always a balance. There's a time to be alone, even in your daily routine, you know, when yes. you're praying, your, your supplications, your dhikr and such thing, the hajjud prayer, you know, it's about being alone. But then you should also couple that with spending time with people. You spend time with your family, uh, friends, uh, you know, it, it's not this is the only 
recommendation that just be alone all of the time. And this is yeah. why sometimes if people struggle to find that balance. Just recently, I was having a conversation with somebody um, with regards to finding this balance. And it's not always, it's not, uh, it, and this was regarding um, interaction with other people. It's not always the case that you should just correct people. But neither is it the case that you should just let everything go. Sometimes mm. you need to correct people when they're making mistakes and sometimes you need to let it go because you can't constantly, you know, in every aspect of our deen, alhamdulillah, there is this balance and moderation. Okay, okay. so so in a moderation and obviously don't become too uh, secluded from everyone because then that could result in loneliness. And that was another topic that I wanted to briefly touch on is loneliness and, and the difference between seclusion and you sort of touched on that where it's if you keep it in balance inshallah there won't be an issue of loneliness but in islam i mean i i know that um well just as an aside you you and uh, yourself and sadia and others have come together to um tackle loneliness in ramadan and you've done you have set up a virtual iftar that you're doing every Thursday of Ramadan, mashallah, at, at is it seven thirty or seven? Yeah, so it's just about twenty minutes before iftar. So it will always change. Yeah. Okay, mashallah. I think that's an incredible initiative. And it, I guess it looks at people who have whether they're reverts or whether they're just not as not balanced it maybe in it as yet and socializing in the way that would help them. It's, it's obviously trying to tackle that. And what, Sadia, in terms of negative impacts of loneliness, because we're talking about the positives of seclusion, but when you look at loneliness, when you go to the other end of the spectrum, how can that affect someone? Yeah, and I think just to briefly touch, we need to probably know kind of the definition of what is loneliness. So mm -hmm. individual may, so all of us might feel lonely here and there, right? But loneliness is something when someone feels this for a prolonged um, amount of time. So the feeling that they may feel their reward for social contact or their relationship is not being met. And interestingly, some people might feel lonely, even though they're with other people. So that's yeah. when you know you need to go and seek help. So as a result, that could be as a result of um, depression, anxiety, stress, because obviously you're not mentally, um, you know, you're struggling mentally. Therefore, that it's something that needs to be looked at. So that's very important to remember when we think about loneliness. And just because um, you, you know, and a person might be with um, in a group of people doesn't necessarily mean they might not experience loneliness. Does that make sense? Because that's important to remember. Yeah. Um, sorry, just to remind me of your question again. Negative impacts of loneliness. Yeah. Okay, so interestingly, um, new research has been done and they are finding that the part of our brain um, that gets highlighted when we're hungry, that's the same part that gets um, triggered or uh, lit up when we are feeling lonely as well. So as a result, when people are experiencing that, it's like, you know, the way we feel when we've been hungry, as we know, when we're fasting, we might want to eat and things like that, you know, the, the hunger we feel. A person might feel like that for social interaction. So it's a massive um, um, impact on our brain and a very, very negative impact because if it's going through, if, if it's making our brain um, confused in a sense, like, you know, it's um, doing the same thing as if, as if you were hungry, then obviously that's quite big and it needs to be looked at, which is why it's so important for communities to get together and we need to have supporting system out there for, you know, people, individuals from various communities where, um, you know, their loneliness is being somewhat reduced and and as i said if it's 
as a result of a mental health condition, then they will need to get some form of help because just because you're with other people, it's not going to, you know, make it go away. It might be that it needs to be looked at because there might be other underlying factors. That is, that, that is a really important way of explaining and the definition of loneliness and how you said it's not you can be around people but there still may be a void or a feeling of loneliness and obviously we need to address that um Ostad, would you have any suggestions or maybe examples from um you know the times of the prophet or um any examples of how maybe we can tackle loneliness and have you come across this with with people um maybe in the community yeah, it, it does happen. I have come across it, but I would say my experience certainly in our community is quite rare. I'm not saying it's rare in our community. I'm speaking about my experience because my yeah. experience tends to be with people who are more religiously minded. And okay. what tends to happen if you're a male, you tend to go to the masjid regularly. You meet people there. You tend to make French friendships there uh, and, and you spend time with them. And, they, you know, they uh, arrange activities. I'm not saying formally with the masjid themselves. They go for walks sometimes, go for a cup of tea, etc. So uh, and I've always seen this as, you know, something really impressive regarding our deen that often uh, I'm not saying it's, it's limited to this, but often people experience loneliness when they're older. You know, maybe a yeah. spouse has passed away, children have moved away. But alhamdulillah, in our deen, you know, it's built in that with the males, they go to the masjid. They go regularly, inshallah, they meet other people there. They have that connection. Um, with females, although they tend not to uh, go to the masjid, some do, they tend not to go to the masjid so often. But there is this encouragement to visit one another, to spend time with like-minded people, um, to assist one another. So, you know, uh, 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 there, there is this element of, connecting with people in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But once again, it's a balance. You need time alone, you need time with people. Revert, sorry, Ustad, because obviously they may not have family who may be able to visit them, um, or they may not feel like masjid or, you know. Yeah, this is the beauty and the uh, wisdom of our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When the migrants came to Medina Sharif, you know, they left their families, etc., left everybody behind. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam actually paired them up with people you know it's called mu'akha in arabic that the pact of brotherhood is mentioned in the in the hadith and in the seerah of the prophet we try to do that with an nms that you know somebody becomes muslim um and we try to pair them up with somebody so that not only can this person teach them because there's a lot for them to learn but also you know spend time with them uh, uh, integrate them into the community take them along to social events and such things as well it's incredibly important, especially as you raise with reverts. I didn't, I didn't know that about the Prophet I'm pairing people up. So pairing mm-hmm. a Muslim up with someone. Yeah, who... so with a Muhajir with an Ansari, so a migrant with a local. They were paired up, mashallah. Oh, mashallah. It, honestly, that just reinforces, like, I, I know everyone talks about mentoring and everything, but subhanAllah, that is, that's beautiful. I didn't know that. Okay, mashallah. And um, Zadia, you were saying, sorry, um, about the, uh, was it the iftars there every Thursday? Yeah, yeah, so obviously by the time this one will go out, we would have had, um, so this week maybe we will release the recordings. I'm covering a mental health in Ramadan. And uh, um, so inshallah next week, um, Siddi will be doing, um, is it Ittikaf Siddi? 
Well, with the Laylatul Qadr. I think uh, next week will be Laylatul Qadr. So Siddi will speak about 20 minutes on that. So maybe people want to join because what we do, the idea is that we speak for 20 minutes. There will be a topic, either Siddi or myself, we will discuss. Um, so, uh, and then afterwards, we will have like a uh, little reflection session and then we'll open our fast together. And mashallah, I think it's been really nice so far. Mashallah, that sounds great. Okay, so that's just a reminder for anyone that does uh, want to attend any uh, anything and um, or they feel lonely or they just want to um you know get like-minded people um and okay just to wrap up the show so um we've been talking about seclusion and loneliness and the also the importance of seclusion in our daily lives not necessarily just with ithaqaf but obviously that's a recommended and a sunnah mashallah to do um if if either of you can go ahead uh, i don't know if i'll start if you so just some tips, maybe, if there, if you have any tips for people who want to implement seclusion in their daily lives, perhaps they don't feel ready to do 10 days of the calf or they, they cannot for whatever reason. But uh, how? what tips would you give to improve your spiritual well-being through seclusion on a daily basis? Yeah, so we have the concept of night prayer or hajjad prayer. Obviously, not everybody's capable. Many people struggle with fajr itself, let alone to hajjad prayer. But, you know, that that's built into one's daily routine, inshallah, for those who practice it. You're alone, you're cut off from everybody else, you're, and you're, you're focusing on your worship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But other than that, the Holy Quran speaks about the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala morning and evening. So it's good to allocate some time every morning or every evening or both if possible even if it's five minutes where you're alone and you're focusing on the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know you're, you're, you're making dua supplicating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you're repeating the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you cut yourself off from the the ashghal of the dunya the other things that busies a person the occupations one has and, and focus on that even if it's five minutes in the morning five minutes in the evening it's incredibly useful Thank you, Mr. There are some really useful tips. I, uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, but uh, inshallah, we will carry on with spiritual well-being next week, talking about, uh, what are we talking about? Inshallah, we're going to be talking about burnout. Thank you for joining and may Allah bless you for your time you've spent. Everyone have a great um, next day of your fast or Ramadan and inshallah we'll speak, speak to you and hear from you soon. alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.